0: Welcome to Mama's Roots Are Showing podcast, where we recognize that we get one motherhood and our children get one childhood. So let's not just wing it. If finding yourself in motherhood sounds better than losing yourself in motherhood, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nicolette, and I invite you to join me as we explore the nooks and crannies of this once-in-a-lifetime journey. Today, I am joined by Susie Lula. Susie is a sought-after spiritual psychologist and best-selling author of my favorite motherhood book called Motherhood Evolution, How Thriving Mothers Raise Thriving Children. She has been on the Today Show and currently co-teaches alongside Dr. Shafali, where they offer courses together. Susie provides a new vision Of motherhood, one in which we thrive alongside our children. She developed and has classes all surrounding soul care, which is leveling up in our self-care. She has so much knowledge to share, and I am so excited to share our conversation with you today. Before I do that, I want to give a shout out to two of the sponsors of this show whom I believe in and I hope that you will try their products as well. I'm happy to announce that I have teamed up with the company called Toupes & Co Organics, which is a skincare and makeup line. And you guys, if you are looking for clean organic ingredients to put on your body to put on your face that work beautifully look no further tubes and co is it i have been using their products for the last few years and finally teamed up with them because i believe in their products and i believe in their methods so much emily is the founder and she started this company in the kitchen of her small farm and so every ingredient is pure and organic and good and nourishing for your skin. It's really frightening to think about the toxins that we're putting on our skin and how those take a toll on our body and our well-being. I am a skincare snob. I have worked with top-of-the-line makeup and skincare companies over the years, and I realized just how horrible they actually are with the ingredients that they use. And so as I've shifted away from using that type of skincare, I've struggled with finding something that works, that does what I need it to do, but isn't going to wreak havoc on my body. Tubes & Co. is a luxury brand in skincare that is organic and clean, so you can feel good about using it. If you're wondering what to start with, I cannot emphasize enough how much I love their tallow balm. So check that out. Please use the code MAMAROOTS10 to get 10% off, and I will link my affiliate link in the show notes so that you can check out the wonderful skincare and makeup that she has to offer. The other sponsor of this show is Dry Farm Wines. If you're like me, you enjoy a glass of wine every once in a while, but you also want to stay healthy. You want to be putting good things in your body, and you're trying to be more aware of this, more conscious of it. Unfortunately, the wine industry makes that really difficult because there's no nutrition labels on wine bottles, and because of that, a wine can be labeled organic, and still have up to 76 toxic awful ingredients in it and still be on the organic section of a grocery store it's awful however dry farm wines is solving that problem for us dry farm wine sources the best wines from all over the world and every bottle is tested not only for purity and quality but also for taste so every bottle is delicious I have not found a bottle that I don't enjoy, and I have been using their wine for, gosh, probably a year and a half now, and I absolutely love this subscription because it takes all the guesswork out for me. So please check them out as well. I will link them in the show notes. All discount codes and all affiliate links will be provided in the show notes, so please check those out. And when you do order through those, please know that you are supporting my little family. Now... Let's tune in to Susie Lula and my conversation with her. It is so awesome to connect with you. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing for moms.
1: Excellent. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I also love the work that you are doing. So we're sisters in that already. So I, I know that all of us moms everywhere need to feel that we have sisters and need to feel that we're supported. So I honor you for the work that you're doing as well.
0: But a little oh, thank about you.
1: Me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we moms can feel so alone. I don't know about you, but I've, I have felt very alone. So it's important that we have support systems and lifelines, you know, but a little about me. So I am Susie Lula and I guess What is most relevant for your audience is that I'm a mom. I am a mom. Hello, gulp to a 20-year-old son, Will. He is in college now in his sophomore year. He's an aspiring filmmaker. He eats, breathes, drinks, lives, sleeps, um, filmmaking. So he's in his rightful place. Uh, Have loved being a mom, it's um, or love being a mom. It's been, as anyone else who's a mom knows, it's a journey. So, lots to talk about there. I've been married to my longtime best friend, Jamie. Uh, He's a singer songwriter, and we've been together probably, you know, close to 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I am a spiritual therapist, I'm a, a spiritual teacher. I, I teach many, many online courses. I have a certification program called Soul Care, coaching certification, training in the art and practice of spiritual psychology. And why I think that's so relevant to mothers is because my work really developed out of myself in a large part being a mom and, and feeling very depleted and feeling very disconnected from myself and having to find my way back to myself. So that led me to write my book called The Motherhood Evolution, and then to develop this program called Soul Care Coaching. So
0: that's about me. The work that you do is just incredible. And I think, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but I feel that over the years with the pressures of society, um, the way that we're so connected in so many ways, that there's, there's so many different elements of motherhood that were shown, but we're very isolated. Yeah. And there's this comparison trap. There's so much going on. And I love that what you do is connect us to ourselves and to other women through your work. Can you speak a little bit about some of the societal pressures, um, what moms are facing today, that make motherhood hard or make it challenging or make it unfulfilling?
1: Yeah, so, so much, you know, so, so much. Great question. So I think the larger context is that, yes, exactly as you're saying, we live in a culture that is what I would call devoid of honoring our being. We live in a culture that really exacerbates and acknowledges our doing. So before we even become mothers, we've been indoctrinated into a culture that values what we do over who we are, who we are as beings, who we are as women. We could talk about that, the patriarchy, the way that women have been undervalued, the way our being has been undervalued. So before we even ever have children, We have already been indoctrinated in some way, shape, or form away from our inherent worth and value, that we are valuable because of who we are, that we are worthy inside, that we are. So we've already been indoctrinated to differing degrees to compare, oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, I'm not enough because it's all about achievement and Mm -hmm. what we are doing and success and the outer Right, And so then when we become mothers and we enter the world of motherhood, I believe this is why I'm so passionate about working with mothers is what I believe is that we mothers sort of go through an identity crisis because when we have a child, whether you had a biological child or you adopted, the moment that you meet that child, you know, The moment that you meet, you have an understanding that what is really important is my connection to this other being. You have Mm -hmm. a recognition that there is nothing more important than this connection. And every mother I've ever talked to over 25 years of working with mothers, everyone will tell me what's the most important thing is that you feel connected to your child. And yet we live in a culture where that connection has been undervalued. It's been about our achievements. And so then we go into motherhood and it becomes about the laundry and a clean house is more important than that connection. Not not in our hearts. In our hearts, we know that the connection is more important, but you're asking about the cultural indoctrination, right? And then our children go to school and it's about how are they behaving in school? What grades are they making in school? How are other people perceiving them? What school are they going to? What, what, what middle school then are they going to? What are their friends doing? Who has an iPhone? Who's watching what video games? It's so externally focused, we came into it with a deficit, right? Because we hadn't been trained that who you are as a mother, your own mother's intuition is your strongest superpower that you could possibly have with your children. We weren't taught this, so then we we are faced with a barrage of these cultural, you know, what grade they make is more important than the connection you have. And so a lot of motherhood can feel like an uphill climb. It can feel isolating when you we are taught to compare. I know I did. Oh my gosh, my son is the only one that can't learn to be quiet and raise his hand first before he blurts out an answer. Oh, my son is the only one that, you know, is running around the classroom instead of, you know, my son is the only one that can't stop kicking his desk. My son is the only one that's having trouble in math. My, You know, you just feel like this comparison, you look at someone else's life and it's like their life seems so rosy. And what about my, you know, so yeah. that's that's kind of the context that I see.
0: And there is this disconnect with our own intuition. And you're right in the, in that moment, when you see your child for the first time, there's, there's this um, beautiful understanding of what that relationship is, what it entails, all the possibilities, and then just the presence, right? Just being in that moment. And then as life takes over, you know, modern life, um, I think you're right. That's some of the work that I do. I see a lot of women not trusting their intuitions and having this big disconnect with their intuitions. Mm. And not only is that detrimental to the child, the parent-child relationship, but also to a woman's own relationship with herself. Brilliant. And I was hoping that you could, you know, you have 25 years of experience, as you said, if you could speak to that a little bit, because um, we're going to be talking about getting into that inner work that you are so well known for and getting um honoring who we are as people, but before we do that, I want to talk about why we need to do that what are what is the what are the um the negative aspects of not being connected to ourselves of not understanding our being of not understanding our intuition of just, as you said, sort of going uphill in this journey of motherhood and feeling like we're never going to get on top of it. We're never going to do this right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love that you do work around staying connected to our intuition. I think that's so important. Our intuition is our most powerful superpower. Like I'm saying, it's your North Star. It's the place where at the end of the day, when you're lying in bed at night, you just know that you know that you know that you're here to be your child's lighthouse. You know, you just, you just know in those quiet, quiet moments, right? And as you said, then outer life takes over. So we have been taught that there's this still small voice inside that's quiet, even though it's resoundingly powerful when we follow it. But it's quiet. It doesn't have like the loud, massive voice that culture has and so we are taught to compare we are taught to silence our own voice and allow the outer world's voice to become booming to become so much louder so what that does to a woman and a mother is it silences our our biggest power muscle it it silences our own superpower and so then we splinter away from our very being. So the thing that our child needs the most from us and the thing that we want to give them the most is a connected mother, a fulfilled mother, a calm mother, a connected an inwardly connected mother, a peaceful mother, a mother that is rooted. And I, please don't misunderstand me. Anyone that's listening, please. I don't mean a perfect mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do yes, absolutely. mean Right, I do not mean a mother who's not messy or hasn't lost their, you know what, with their kids. This is, not, <laughs> I'm not talking about some blissed out, peaceful, oming, you know, chanting mom all the time. I'm mm-hmm. I'm simply saying I know that this is the the I always say that the mother sets the spiritual tone in the home, and so yes. what I know is that mothers want to simply be connected to ourselves. But when we lose that and the connection to ourselves is the intuition, what you're saying. And so we're taught to let the outer voice, the, the mainstream cultural voice be louder. And so we splinter from ourselves. We splinter from our own inner connection and that we're trying to parent from an inwardly disconnected place. So hear this. You can't create a strong connection with your child from an inwardly disconnected space. Because if you're inwardly disconnected, you're not going to create outer connection. So to your second question, that is why it is imperative. And you and I are passionate about helping mothers connect and reconnect and stay connected to their inner life. When you are inwardly connected you will then be able to have the bandwidth to create an outer connection with your child, which is what we all want. And I just need to say one more time, an outer connection with your child does not mean that you are perfect. (laughs) Right, yes. I have a very close connection with my son. We didn't always have it. I've learned, I've repaired. But trust me, if he was sitting here right now He would tell you that I'm as imperfect as they come. Imperfection doesn't get in the way of connection, you know? So I just just make that clear because us moms, we can translate. We're, We're like on the edge of our chair listening. And then somehow we're thinking, but I'm not perfect. Oh, Susie Lula must be perfect. So I just, I really want to say that as a, as a caveat.
0: Well, and I also think it's worth noting that if we did, if, if a perfect mom even existed, which there isn't one, I think that would be very damaging for the children. We need to stumble and fall and make mistakes 100%. and then model how to repair for our children. Can you imagine the pressures that our child would be under if we were perfect? Hundred. I
1: mean, percent yes. resilience is what we want them to have is going through their challenges and being able to recenter and you know, make lemonade out of lemons. And so absolutely, we need to learn how to repair and be okay with our messy. And so yes, 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 yes. It would be completely detrimental to our children.
0: Yeah. It's great that we have imperfections actually. And okay. So if this is, um, if this is the negative side, what are the telltale signs that we're struggling. What do you see in, in your client work when you can? When um, a, a parent comes to you and says, "I'm struggling," and this is what it looks like for me. What are some indicators of that? Some red yeah. flags that make us go, "Okay, I need to recenter myself and get some yeah. work done here."
1: Yeah, well, I'll start with myself. my My biggest indicator was losing my, you know, what with my son. Same, sure, right? So. We wake up in the morning, we have these best of intentions, it's going to be a great day. And like sometimes by 7.15, you're losing your you know what. Um, that's an indicator. Not, again, not that we're meant to be perfect, but when you aren't showing up in the way that you know in your heart, you want to be showing up, that's an indicator. Um, exhaustion is an indicator. Overwhelm is an indicator. The feeling of, I just want to pull the covers up over my head is an indicator feeling alone. And even when you're talking to other moms, I can remember being in mom circles and I'm in a circle of maybe six women. So I'm words are coming out of my mouth, but inside of me, I felt, Oh, I must be the only one struggling. So when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling isolated, when you're comparing yourself, uh, these are all indicators.
0: And sometimes I feel that our society has a tendency to put the hot mess up there, the hot mess mom or the mom that's you know lost her you know what, as you're saying, and it's almost a badge to be worn. Oh, this yes. is a rite of passage, so to speak. Um, can you speak on that? Because I think that's problematic in our society.
1: So I wonder if any of you moms out there have experienced this because I know I did. So it goes back to the original context. We're brought up in a culture that values doing over being. So 100% Mm. if you are the mom who is baking homemade, gluten free, you know, dairy free, gluten free, you know, vegan brownies from scratch in on top of having three kids and you're homeschooling two of them and the other one has seven activities and if you are that multitasking mom everyone is going to give you a badge oh my gosh how does she do it oh my gosh that's amazing oh my gosh you know and you have cloth napkins instead of paper napkins and <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like yes it's an unending barrage and we look at other moms. We Culture does this to us and then we do it to each other. We look at another mom and go, oh my gosh. You know. So I adopted this phrase when my son was young and um, my phrase was, I guess I'm just not that kind of mom.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that came in handy so many, there's so many different types. And I love that you talk about that though because you're so right and I I need that um I need to remind myself of that as well that we're not what we do because I think we all are so conditioned to look at the to-do list in the day you know you mentioned homeschooling I'm a homeschooling mom and I actually just a little side note here I would write down all the things that I wanted to do with my kids you know that day well guess what we never got all that stuff done right? Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't mean that we didn't have a beautiful day. We might not have gotten to a math lesson because we were outside playing and out in you know nature and exploring the creek all day long. So instead what I've done is I now write what we did after the day is over. Mm.
1: Oh, I love that. I love this. I hope everyone listening adopts this, right? So at the end of the day, you look at what is working, what did yes happen, what you did. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And I think, you know, on the other side of things, my son went to a Waldorf school, which is a Rudolf Steiner school, similar to Montessori's, very similar to homeschooling. That's that kind of vibe and energy. And on the other side, there was just as much pressure um, because I wanted to slow down our lives. And so mm-hmm. I felt pressure of, well, I felt it doesn't mean it was there, but you know, I felt my choices of not having media in our home or not taking him to malls or, you know, not having lots of mechanical toys and having a really simple life. I felt like also uh, yeah. self-conscious, self-conscious mm-hmm. in a way. And I think, you know, in a Waldorf school and a Steiner school, they don't really learn to read until they're probably seven or eight mm-hmm. and it's all taught through stories. And so I felt that unconscious pressure of like, well, I hope he does learn to read eventually. And, you know, is is he going to make it to an Ivy League school, college, if that's what he so chooses? Or, you know, so I just think that we, I'm saying that to say, moms, no matter what walk of life you're in, whether your child is in ballet at four, or whether you are trying to spend the afternoon at a creek, there are pressures. It doesn't, We we don't need to compare what we look like on the outside. We have this opportunity to come together as sisters on the inside. Like you can Mm. be a homeschooling mom and have feel just as much pressure as someone else whose child loves ballet and they're having to take them to three different activities. We are sisters in this. We can all still feel overwhelmed in that. You could be a homeschooling mom at a creek and be looking at what you didn't do that day or we could come together as sisters and we can be with our choices and go I feel spacious with my choice I feel good about my choice I and I honor you sister mom who I honor the choices you're making and how can I support you and how can you support me and how can we see that we're together in this that I think is another I, I don't even use the word superpower so much but and using it today, that is another superpower that we moms could adopt is our sisterhood. Our sisterhood could be such a big superpower for us because it kind of comes full circle to what you were speaking about earlier about our intuition. You're homeschooling your children because your intuition is telling you that's what's right for your family. And so me, as your mom's sister, how can I support you and go, wow, what a great choice you are making following your intuition for what feels right to you for your child your family your children i know that i'll just say one more quick thing when my son was young and he wasn't watching media and of course we had lots of families and friends who were watching lots of media and um what i learned back then that is so powerful around sisterhood is that I learned to look at the children themselves and say, we're just moms making the decisions and choices that we're making for what works best for our families. I had lots of single mom friends. Like it was easy, it wasn't easy for me, but my husband did travel a lot. And I was married with a pretty participatory husband which is different if you're a single mom and you're working two jobs and you have three children and you do use media as a babysitter, let's say. you know It's not for us moms to judge each other. It's for us moms to come together in solidarity, in sisterhood and say, wow, good for you for doing what's right for your family right now in this chapter of your life. I honor that.
0: And our families are different. Our personalities are different. Our family culture is different. And so. Yes, we need to be supportive of one another. I really do believe that, you know, most parents are certainly doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. Absolutely. I really believe that. Absolutely. Which brings
1: us to your other question about the inner work. I believe mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I am so passionate about mothers connecting to ourselves inwardly is because we are unequivocally doing the very best we can and yet most of us mothers are walking around with a really empty toolkit you know because we are we are disconnected from ourselves we are disconnected from our inner life we haven't really been taught how to sit with the messy inside of us how to sit if we do lose our shit with our kids you know how to sit with that with a healthy sense of learning rather than an excruciating self-shaming session and self-critical session and self-judgmental session with ourselves about, you know, how could we have done that? These inner tools, I know these words are going to sound very cliche. You've all heard them, but real true self-compassion. When I start working with women, What mothers tell me is that I hear the word self-compassion. I know I should be compassionate with myself, but I have no idea what that really feels like. I have no idea what that really feels like. I just know self-judgment more than self-compassion. Or another thing when I work with moms, and maybe you share this when you work with moms, when I start to ask moms, when's the last time you asked yourself, what do I need today? Mm. What do yeah. I need? Most moms will tell me, "I have no idea," and if they do have an idea, they will say, "I have no time to give that to myself. I have no time. Basically, I, I don't know what I really need. And if and when I do know what I need, I don't have the permission, the inner permission, to create a space in my life to provide that for myself. That's an epidemic." That's, it this, is. this is, this is important work for we, we mothers to put ourselves on the map to do this inner work so that we are modeling something different to our children, especially those, well, I say, especially those raising girls, because we want to model that. But I say, as the mother of a boy, actually, I wanted my son to grow up valuing women taking care of themselves. So it doesn't matter. Oh,
0: absolutely. Right. But we see this this sacrificial lamb so often in motherhood. We see martyrdom. We see that guilt, all of which you talk about in your book, The Motherhood Evolution. And it is so problematic. I don't know a mom who hasn't felt those things. We've all felt them. Um, But when we're feeling that every day and we do have this disconnect, it's time to do some of the inner work. And another, you know, you talk about, buzzwords like self compassion another one that we hear so often another thing that um another term that comes up so often that i think sometimes we hear those terms and then they sort of lose their meaning they lose their traction um, is self care right yes. and we think of self care as oh um and it can be different things for to different people but it's not just taking a shower it's not going and getting your nails done. It's this inner work that you are so passionate about. And I want to talk about that today because I think that that's probably what a lot of people are missing. And I know when I am feeling off-centered, that's what I need to turn to. And in your book, you make mention of how the inner care work is the anchor in your motherhood. That is what you need to use when the waters get rough. That's what's going to bring you back to a this this place where you can mother the way that you want to, the way that benefits exactly. you, the way that benefits your children.
1: Exactly.
0: So I want to speak to
1: these three words you just said, guilt, martyrdom, and self-care, right? So I speak, I, I have a entire chapter devoted to guilt, an <laughs> entire chapter, or maybe even two in, in my book on ma- martyrdom. And that is that is really what had me write the book, the impetus for me writing the book was one day Will, I picked him up from school, and he was in the back seat, and uh, I was asking him how, how was school, and I was probably preoccupied with, and how much homework do you have, and when are we going to do that homework, and can we get it done before dinner, and you know mm-hmm. who knows, and he said to me, in a very kind way, but he did say to me, Mom you're so serious. You need to smile more. And it was a moment for me. It was one of those just moments when someone, your child says something to you in the right way at the right time. And I had an awakening. I had an epiphany that he was right, that the way I was showing up to him was mired in martyrdom. That I was exhausted and resentful and serious and had to plug along and get the next thing done and check it off the list, like you're talking about. And he probably hadn't seen me smile in a minute. And I hadn't felt myself smile. See, Mm. I hadn't, I was missing the joy of motherhood. I was missing the joy of the connection with my son because I was disconnected from myself. And then when I would go take some time, I would feel guilty. So I know guilt and martyrdom from the inside out. So I also then know the medicine for it. Mm -hmm. So the medicine for guilt and martyrdom and exhaustion and disconnection is what I now call soul care. When I wrote the book, I still called it self-care. But I now refer to self-care as soul care because of exactly what you're saying. It's so misunderstood in our culture. So we think, of course, it's the glass of wine when the child goes to sleep, getting a pedicure, taking a bubble bath, nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong. It, it could be to someone listening, being able to go pee in the bathroom all by yourself without. A little <laughs> knocking. Sure, you know I can certainly remember the day when just taking a shower uninterrupted felt like the biggest luxury on planet Earth. Right, so that those are very important, of course, but those are external, and what I'm talking about is a very deep soul epidemic of being disconnected from our very soul being disconnected from our very being being disconnected so the 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 culture the world the culture itself our culture is void of soul to a very large degree our mm-hmm. our culture right now is is imbalanced to the side of profit and money and consumerism and what neighborhood you Live in, in your zip code and your bank account. And that is, we're in a consumer driven capitalistic culture. It is imbalanced to what the soul needs, which is spaciousness and connection and breathing life and valuing our life and our being and valuing that our kids are going to grow up in a nanosecond and our life is going to be over in a nanosecond. And savoring the little moments, the little winks, the smiles, the smiles, the moments at the creek, right? So culture is imbalanced and, and culture to a large part is devoid of soul. Thereby, mm. and consequently, the world of motherhood is largely devoid of soul. Because we're... Raised that, oh, if I'm going to have another mom over to my house, it's more important that the house is clean. Oh my God, I don't want her over for a play date if my house is messy, you know? And so, this idea that caring for the soul of the mother is more important than anything else, I would say to everyone here, I would say it is more important to care for your soul than it is to care for your children. Because if you will take that challenge and that commitment, and you will say it is more important for me to feed my own soul first, I promise you, like I promise you, you will breathe life into your own self. It might not happen in a day or an afternoon, but you read my book, you follow along in my book, you follow Nicolette, you, you, you really make this commitment to Creating a way of life where you are going to value your spirit, your life force more than you value anything else, you will enter into abundance. You will enter into a plenitude of, oh, I reconnected with my joy, and now I have more to give to my child. I actually have. I'm actually not overwhelmed anymore now you're going to have to say no to some things or learn boundaries, or you're going to have to learn different things along the way, right? Saying no to someone else is saying yes to you, all of these. And I talk about all of those things in my book to empower yourself. At the end of the day, you will start showing up to your child in the way that, that you'll just see the sparkle in their eye and they will see the sparkle in your eye.
0: You know, Susie, we, we often hear that phrase, I, you know, you hear it so much of, um, you know, you can't you can't pour into someone else's cup when yours is empty. But I, I love the way that you phrase it in your book because, again, we hear some of these things and that's a very valid statement. It's so true. It's something to certainly keep in mind. But I love this. You said, um, when you feel good about who you are, your children are relieved they are free to feel good about who they are, and I love that right. it was just a, a beautiful way of saying it because yes. it, it you realize that if you aren't pouring into yourself, you are actually almost taking from the cup of your children, right? Absolutely, and you're they- almost mm-hmm. yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I thought that that's a a much more precise way of putting it than just the old um, filling one's cup first phrase that we hear so often. I thought that was really that was one of the aha moments in the book for me. Yes, Um, it's why I many more. My whole book is highlighted with stars and notes in the margin. And and I just want to say this, too. I think it's a book that you should go back to because I had read it when you and I had originally connected, I want to say in the spring or um, Mm -hmm. maybe early summer, something like that. And of course, you know, prior to our interview, I went back and I was looking through it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to read this again. It's so powerful. And I think it's a book that you, you have to come back to because this is a journey. You no. Know? But You don't just read the book and then all of a sudden you have it perfect. You don't do the work and then all of a sudden you have it down for the rest yes. of your life. It's a journey and you need to come back to it. Yes.
1: And I wrote the book intentionally. It's a rather small book. It's not, you
0: know, thick,
1: thick, thick. It's a, I wanted it to be a bedside table book or a book that a mom could put in her purse when her daughter might be at a ballet class or, you know, that you, I, I wrote it intentionally where you could open it, read a paragraph and feel nourished.
0: My hope
1: that my hope is that every paragraph in that book is a nourishing book. So that if a mom only has 10 minutes that day and she reads only one paragraph, that that one paragraph nourishes her. So I love what you're saying about coming back to it because I wrote it to be short enough that you could come back to it. And I hear this from all all the time. They go back to it over and over and over again, highlight, highlight, highlight. And the cool thing is, then you can look back at your own growth and evolution and you can look back and go, Oh, wow. The first time I read this book, I was so overwhelmed. Oh, now I'm going back and I see, Oh, I actually do know what compassion feels like a little more oh, wow, I'm not really feeling guilty when I go, you know, take care of myself. Um, I'm not so self-critical. I've entered what you just shared, the quote that you just shared. When we do embark upon this, it does relieve our children. When my son saw me thriving It is a relief for him because then he, in an unconscious way, doesn't have to feel responsible or he doesn't have to feel in an unconscious way, what's wrong with me that my mom isn't happy when I walk in the door? So our children always, they're sponges. They take on, even if we're not asking them to take it on. Mm -hmm. He might have been saying, well, what's wrong with me that my mom is grumpy. It must be me because I'm smiling, but she doesn't seem to be smiling back. She's always cranky. She's always criticizing me. Something's always wrong. When you embark upon this and you feel good about you, it is a relief to your child. And I'll tell you guys one more thing. I know that mom guilt is very um, real. So I am not underestimating that it's real. And I will tell you that the day I made the decision that I will no longer allow culture to tell me to feel guilty about what I know intuitively is the right thing to be doing for me is to fill myself up and to thrive inside of myself. See, it's only culture. Guilt, guilt is culturally induced. I want you to hear that guilt is culturally induced. If you yeah. think of any child who is 4 years old or less, 3 years old, 2 years old, 5 years old, little young young kids, there is no there is no one born on planet earth that is born into feeling guilty about having their needs met. There is no child that yeah. is breastfed That is going, oh, I feel so guilty that my stomach is so, oh, I feel so guilty that I've taken this time from you to take care of me. There is no child on planet earth that is born feeling guilty. A child is born into abundance and they know that it is their birthright to have their needs met. And so any guilt that a mother is feeling, I'm not saying it doesn't feel real. I'm just, all I'm offering is that it's culturally induced. It it's indoctrinated. It, you weren't born with it, and so I made a decision that I was not going to allow culture to really tell me, <clears throat> and I wasn't going to give culture the power to override my intuition that says if I'm thriving, my child is going to feel relieved. Yes. Only culture would tell me differently. So I I stand here as someone who has felt mom guilt, just like everybody else, just like maybe you guys are feeling right now listening. And I'm telling you, I now never feel guilty when I am taking care of myself because I know that ultimately it is taking care of my son. My son, I say this a lot in the book, your children are the beneficiaries of you thriving.
0: Mm. Your
1: children, you think you're the beneficiary of you thriving. Of course you are. But really, your children are the beneficiaries of you thriving. When you decide you're going to thrive, your children are the beneficiaries of that decision.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And it's, but it's a journey. I mean, I know I can still feel guilt for doing things and I, um, it's still a journey. It's a struggle, but how yes. do we get there, Susie? So yes. if we're if we're feeling all these things, we're feeling exhaustion, yes. we're feeling that guilt, we're feeling self sacrificial, like we can't make yes. the time. Yes. What are the steps that we can take from a beginner's standpoint to help recenter ourselves and to start filling our own cup again?
1: Yes. I'm gonna tell you a bunch of them. Um, and granted, I I'm I'm so with you, you know, it's easier said than done. So it's easier for me to sit here. I wrote this book. I've been practicing these practices for years. My son is in college now. I have nothing but time now, you know? So I don't say it lightly, right? So I I really want you to know, I echo you, that it is a journey.
0: But some simple steps. You're also the hope that, you know, you're also that, um, okay, we can get there. I think it's nice to have people who are on that other side of it. Yes, yes can stand that's and the say, first I've thing, been through this and I'm there. That's yeah. the
1: first thing I was gonna say is what you can do in your world. It it takes it takes the first mom to speak. It takes that first mom. So when I wrote my book, um, a dear friend of mine was r- encouraging me to title my book um put yourself first. And I didn't have the nerve. I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the you know, because it felt at the time that I wrote it and where I was on my journey and where I was in consciousness at the time, I'm just being transparent with everyone. I thought it would be so off-putting. I still thought people would go, oh my gosh, that's so selfish. Put yourself first, you know? So my very message about putting yourself first, it's just very ironic. But I say that because I'll tell you one of the best things you can do is be the first person in your mom circle to start talking about this, to say, you know, I've really been thinking, I read this person's book. She talks about mom guilt. She talks about martyrdom. I've really been thinking, what would it be like to not feel guilty about going out to X, Y, and Z without my child, go for a walk in the park, go learn to meditate whatever, you know, start because what I found when Will was young, and I started talking to my other mom friends, I was nervous at first about bringing it up. Because like you said, we all get these accolades for, you know, bringing the homemade stuff, you know, right, but when I started saying to my friends, you know, I really want to, I, I don't want to feel this guilt anymore. What I found is that all these other moms were like, yeah, I don't want that either. And suddenly, instead of our conversations being revolving around how much we were doing and how overwhelmed we were feeling, which is accurate Mm. and and part of the conversation, I'm, I'm not saying it's not, but it added a dimension of hope. It added like, oh, I want that too. All right, girlfriend. All right, I'm going to go for a walk around the park and then I'm going to text you from my walk going, "I'm I'm just trying to do this 10-minute walk guilt-free." You know, I'm just going to try it on 5 minutes. "Oh, I went for a walk." "Oh, I I I I meditated for 5 minutes in my room." You know, you start with tiny baby steps, but enlist the support of other moms cuz what I can tell you is every mom wants exactly what you want. Right? The next yeah. thing I want you to say, want to say is that expect pushback. So if I have trained everyone in my house, which I had, oh, Susie, mom, she takes care of everything. This is a whole different conversation, but right, it's very vulnerable for yep. us moms <laughs> to be receivers, right? We think it's only culture that tells us you can't take care of yourself, but really. Asking for assistance, receiving assistance. When's the last time someone said, "You know what?" Asked your husband, Man, Maybe you guys do, but I'm just saying it's it's easier for us to be in the space of the doer, the giver, the taking care of everything. Mom's got it all together. It's more vulnerable to let someone else take, you know, receive from them, take care of you. And so, start with baby steps. Allow yourself to say, can we go out to dinner tonight? Allow yourself like, it's okay. I'm not going to do a homemade thing tonight. Can I just do frozen something? Allow yourself to to start small and with the idea that you will get pushback. If I have never meditated and my son has never seen me meditate and I have trained him to go, mom's always available to me, then I take responsibility. Oh, I trained him. I trained him. To say mom's always available to him so then when i want to take five minutes in my meditation mm-hmm. chair of course he's going to be confused and go wait, wait wait you're the you're the chick that's always there for me you're right, right so expect the pushback at the beginning i just expected i would go meditate and he'd be climbing all over me mom when are you going to be done when are you going to be done i talk about that in my book you know
0: mm-hmm. most of the
1: early meditation practices i remember with him are on me going, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? But it was a training for him to recognize that he's going to be fine without his mom for 10 minutes. He's yeah. going to be fine. And then that grew to, he's going to be great to go play by himself for an hour without video games. Like there's there's just, you just start small and and build upon that while knowing that if it's a transition for you, it's going to be a transition for all the other family members, and that's okay. You just have to expect that that's part of it, because if they're used to you not going to the bathroom all by yourself, not taking a shower all by yourself without them, then they, they're just doing what they think is normal. Do you understand? But very quickly, children are very, 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 very adaptable, and very quickly, they will adapt because it feels good to be independent. Your children feel better when they're independent. They, it's not really meant to be that my mom is there 24-7 at my disposal. Again, like you were saying earlier, we don't want to be detrimental to our children. And being there 24-7 mm-hmm. all the time is actually not healthy for our children. It doesn't teach them independence. It doesn't teach them that inner sense of, of being able to sit with their themselves, right? The, I want my son to be able to sit with himself
0: present in his being without... You know, and so I'm, I must model that to him. You must, yeah, they will become what we, you know, what we model. I, I really believe that. That's one of my mantras and I I love that. And I love that you, in your book, you say to, you know, to start off small and you talk about a lady that you were working with and you made her promise that she would do 10 minutes of something for herself and it could be anything, but it had to be nourishing for her soul. I mean the idea of 10 minutes. Anybody can do 10 minutes, right? I wrote that's one of the sections that I highlighted and I put stars because you said something in there that I thought was really important, especially for moms, of course. And it was can you count on yourself? Because so mu- so often we're the ones that everybody else is counting on. But can you count on yourself? To show up for ten minutes a day, and I remember reading that and just going, "Oof!" You know that was that was another aha moment for me. We have to if you can't count on yourself. Oh my goodness, that disconnect.
1: Yeah, you know that was sad for. It's so sad for us moms because anyone who isn't a mom would know if you if you. Can't take 10 minutes to yourself, your life is way too busy or something's out of balance. But somehow moms are taught that even those 10 minutes we should feel guilty about. It. So, yes, yeah. I love that you're highlighting that. That can we count on ourselves? And I want to say, I do want to say, start small. I can remember sometimes when Will was young, some of my smallest baby steps, crumbs and training wheels, were um he would be coloring, let's say in the afternoon, or he would be painting or finger painting in the afternoon. And I would give myself permission to sit down and color or paint with him instead of getting dinner started. Now Uh, I know that, right. I know that moms will push back at me because then they'll say, yeah, but then dinner's late. And if dinner's late, then brushing the teeth is late and then going to bed is late. So I do understand that I'm just using it as a metaphor for um, a that soul care and connecting to your own soul doesn't have to be solitary. Your child can be right there. You can be saying to him, you know, mommy's going to paint too today because I really want to settle down. I really want to put some beautiful colors on a page. I want to get to paint just like you, you know. And so we're going to have a we're going to have breakfast for dinner tonight, and just you know have whatever we have because mommy really wants to paint today. And it's not only that mommy wants to paint with you. Mommy wants to paint today. I want to paint today. I I want the experience of painting again today. Even though literally I'm not just being self-deprecating. I'm not an artist. You know, not hanging any of the things I painted on the wall. The point was I wanted to just be with myself out of the doing and into my being. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. even have to always look like you have to take time away from your child, although moms do need our own space. I'm just saying I can remember that that was a way that I started small.
0: Yes. And I want to kind of piggyback on that a little bit because I think that we oftentimes will, you know, play music that our children like. We watch the movies that our children like, you know, and there are ways for us to share parts of ourselves and celebrate those and show our kids those that part of us, right? So play your favorite music. You know, if you love Pink Floyd, play it. You know, tell your kids about it. If you, you know, if you I love poetry, read some poetry. It. I love it
1: so much. I always say, and I'm sure I wrote about this in the book, I always say, you know, music, and you're you're speaking to something different. You're saying do whatever, whether it's art or poetry or whatever it is. But one of the things that I always say too is um dance every day yes. in the house because who does not like music? And like you're saying, it could be Lizzo, it could be Pink Floyd, it could be chant music, it could be spiritual music, it could be, you know, Adele, it could be classical, it could be Bach, it could be Rachmaninoff, you know, it can be whatever lights you up. But, you know, I made it a practice and, and this is soul care. This is what I mean. This is soul care. This is connecting to something that is outside of what we check off on the boxes. But one, a box to check is, did I dance today? Did I listen to some music today? I So I used to make it where... I would just put on music in the morning and like i would dance when i was making breakfast and my family was laughing at me and it was great i love that they were laughing at me and i was dancing and then before you know it will was dancing and jamie was dancing and you know dance party and those kind of things you know putting on music when you're brushing their teeth at night and and that then it doesn't turn into a, a struggle around you know it's just like oh they're used to it from the morning oh we just danced the, you know, dance the first thing—the first thing you do when you get home from school, dance. You know, yeah. put on music. I know some of the um, the greatest conversations that Will and I have had. I remember in middle school because music and listening to each other's music, just like you're saying, from when he was little, so important. I remember um, picking up from middle school. I used to. Um, now that's a different age stage, right? So I was intentionally wanting to know what is he listening to as a, as a middle schooler. So every day it was our ritual that he would pick the music. Um, we, we trade off days, but one day he would pick the music all the way home. And he picked the music one day and um, oh, it was such a cool piece of music. I would have never thought to find this piece of music. Um, and I said, wow, that's a really cool piece of music. Who wrote that? So then he looks up who wrote it. He followed him on Instagram or whatever. And it turns out that this musician was going to college, not very close to our house. Will reached out to him, DM'd him. Me and my mom love your music. As I said to you guys <laughs> earlier, my son's an aspiring filmmaker. He was back in middle school. He connects with this guy, Theron Kay, who I'm sure we will all hear about one day. Theron Kay will be like the Hans Zimmer. Um, Oh, my gosh. We end up, he, 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 you know, he said, I'm in middle school. So this guy was kind enough to DM back while he's in college or graduate school. He DMs my son back. They create this little back and forth relationship. And now he writes music for my son's little films. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. We went to his graduation. We went to his, um, what do you call it when they graduate and they do their own concert of their music. And so we went to his thing. Yeah, I I use that as an example of this was part of our soul care. One day he
0: listened to my music. One day I listened to his music, right? And the fruits of that, you have no idea what they can turn out to be, right?
1: You just have absolutely no idea. And what you will find is that Your children are so interested in what you did today. Like it also, you don't only have to ask them, what did you do in school today? Oh, wow. Mom's learning to meditate. I went to meditation today. Mom's learning to play tennis. I went and played tennis today. To this day, um, my son will, he will always ask me, how was your day, mom? And it's so interesting to me. It's just, I think it's so beautiful that he says, How was your day? And that's part of what makes him, he has stayed very connected to his sensitivity. He's interested in other people. You know, if he meets someone, how are you doing? I remember we were at a screening of one of his films and his roommate's grandparents were at the same, you know, they were there to see their grandson's film. And they were sitting, the grandparents were sitting in front of us. And I just remember, this was not six months ago. I remember overhearing... My son asking these grandparents who are what two generations, right? And he was saying, Oh, what do you like the most about his film? What what did you what was your favorite part of the film? Oh, how do you like the title? He was asking these adults that are not even of his generation. He was interested in them. I say that the reason why this is relevant in a conversation around motherhood, the reason this is relevant around soul care and taking care of yourself is he learned to be interested in other people because he learned to be interested in me Mm -hmm. because I put myself on the map. He wasn't raised by a person that took themselves off the map. So it was all about him. My eyes were only on him it was mutually beneficial. And I talk about that in the book, that when you take care of yourself, it is mutually beneficial. It taught him so much. He's a sensitive, thoughtful being because I put myself on the map so that he would be interested in me, not to take care of me, not to take care of me emotionally or anything like you said earlier. It's a relief that he didn't have to, but it is a character development, is a value To be a society, a a global citizen, it is it is a value to be a global citizen to be interested in others. Well, that starts with your children learning to be interested in you, and that starts with you putting you on the map.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. No, that's so true. And the and the generational um, treasures that we're passing on by doing that. You know, you're talking about the music thing, and I'm thinking about my. My dad, who um, has, has passed away, he's been gone for a while now, but waking up, we would, on Sunday mornings, my dad would play a concert for us. I mean, it would go on for three hours, and he would have the record player going, he'd have the tape deck, the CDs, and it's not like he would just hit play and then let the CD play, or, you know, it was one song, I mean, he was a DJ, Wow. And it was something that we woke up, you know, we woke up this way on Sunday mornings and it would go on for hours and people that would stay the night would wake up to this, you know, our family, if they were, you know, stayed the night or something, they would wake up to it. And it's something that I have passed on to my children, too. Now, I do it a little bit differently. I'm not just, you know, using a record. I, I have a record player, but I'm not using it. You know, I'm just using Spotify, basically, Um but that you're passing that on. And not that. only, yeah, not only is my dad coming through in my music, the music styles that I find to be so connected to, but also now that he's gone, I listen to that music and it connects me to him. Mm-hmm. But even in my own home, you know the the way that music is moving us. and its and again, it doesn't have to be music. It can be, like you said, it can be drawing, it can be painting. It can be going outside and letting you know nature um, fuel your soul, whatever it is, but have something so that your kids know that this is how mom connects to herself. This is how mom expresses herself. I think those are so important, um, such important gifts to give our children and to demonstrate for them. And yes, you know, sometimes it's nice to let your kids listen to, I don't even know what kids are listening to in music these days. I really don't. But, you know, you hear of moms talking about how they want to pierce their eardrums because they're listening to this in the car, then don't listen to it. Show your kids, you know, music that you love and you can do that. You have permission. We need to give ourselves permission to do those types of things. Exactly.
1: Another title of my book I almost used was Permission to Thrive because I do believe that that is what we are all seeking as mothers is this permission to thrive. So if I can be any part of a voice of saying, I I give you that permission to thrive. It's a it's imperative that you thrive as a mom until we grow into it collectively as a culture. What I want to see is our children's generation. And probably many of your listeners, you got you have children yourself much younger than my son. But I'd love to see the next generation of moms. We're the first generation of moms that are really saying it's important for us to take care of ourselves. Most of most of us didn't see our moms really putting themselves on the map. So we're the first ones. So I like, I always have envisioned that this next generation, they will just take it for granted and go, oh, remember when moms didn't take care of themselves? Can you believe that they used to think that they didn't have permission to take care of themselves? Wow. So I always think that yeah. it's important, not only us for mothers, narcissistically for our own children. But I just think as sisters, as mothers, as culture, I'd like to think that we would all join together and say it's important for the next generation so that the next generation, especially of girls, but uh, but it's part of breaking that male toxic patriarchy. Um, yep. Also, it's both. It's for all of our kids to free them so that you know they will see a world in which mothers are thriving. And I do believe, not to end like on, a, on a, such a serious note, but I, I do believe that when we give ourselves permission to thrive, I do believe that changes the world because then we give our children permission to thrive. And when we have a culture of people who are thriving, we will end war. When you're thriving, you're not gonna want to be at war with someone else. When you're thriving, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone. When you're thriving, you feel good in who you are. When you're thriving, you are connected to your gifts and you're contributing and, and you're offering to culture what it is that you came here to bring, like you're doing with this podcast. This is my work, I'm contributing it. This is your work, you're contributing it in a larger way than only just our families. Our families is enough, but I, I do believe that we mothers, if we join together as sisters, we do have the power to change an entire generation on, on
0: the globe. I, I do believe that. I do too. And I think the pendulum is swinging in that direction 100%. and cer Yeah. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, things like this podcasts and things of that nature certainly help. And it's, it's just so wonderful to, to connect with you about these topics, and and I do want to let our listeners know real quick too, um, that you are you wanted to make them aware of a six day the six day soul care challenge that they can take by um, and I'm going to put that link in the show notes. But can you just talk about that for someone yes. that's interested in this? Can you give them a brief explanation of what that is and what they can expect? Absolutely, for sure. You want to do this, right? So it answers your question.
1: How can we start small? So all you have to do is sign up for this. It's absolutely free. And then every morning in your inbox for six days, you will get a short video from me. They're all less than 10 minutes. Like you were saying, they're very short, usually about six minutes. And I take you through some kind of guided practice each day to help you connect with what it is that your soul is calling for. And so little by little, each day builds upon the day before and you have these six videos, you can go back to them as often as you want. Um, obviously they are yours to keep, but it's a way of um, entering into the world of self-care. And if you're already there, it's a way of expanding and deepening this as a lifestyle. So I, I definitely wanted to offer it to everyone. It's very popular, people love it. It's a bite-size piece that comes to your, um, inbox. You don't have to do anything, you know? So it's a great
0: way to start. Yeah. Well, thank you for offering that. And, um, before we close here, do you have any other advice or encouragement, some last words that you'd like to say to the mom who is maybe struggling, um, with this soul care work?
1: Yeah. I want to say you're not alone. Um, I want to say, please keep listening to Nicolette's, um, podcast. That's a lifeline right there. Get my book. It's a lifeline. Get the Soul Care Challenge. It's a lifeline. Find ways that you can uh, be reminded that you are not alone. Find a community. We both have communities. Please go to suzylula.com. You know, find a community. Um, I have so many things that I'm offering in community. I just did a free class today. I'm always offering lots of free resources, as well as other, you know, like transformational courses. But enter,
0: please Mm
1: -hmm. just know that there is an entry point for you to know that you are not alone. And I think that's the biggest epidemic for moms. We think we're alone. We think we're the only one struggling. We think we're the only one floundering and grappling with things. And you are not alone. If I could say one thing, that is it. You are not alone give yourself permission to even contemplate what would it be like to thrive as a mom.
0: Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you, Susie, for all of your work. Mm-hmm. I, I love our conversations. I love your book. Um, it's a staple for me and I've told my group of moms all about it. And it's definitely one that I, like you said, can just leave out at all times and take just a few sentences in and feel nourished. Thank it's you. That's, a, Thank that's you actually for another it.
1: thing. I don't know if you've ever done it, but it's another thing many moms have done is take my book and do a book club on it. And that's yes. another way that you can just enter in. That's another takeaway. I, I leave somebody with, if you feel like you're struggling and you're alone, it's given to you. Then you just, you get a group of four or five moms and you do a book club and then you don't even have to do anything except show up with a book, you know? I think a lot of times for moms, it's hard to muster up the energy when we're already exhausted and overwhelmed. So that's why I did the challenge of a video coming to you or a book coming to you or like you have your community, you know, so the podcast, it comes to you, you don't have to do anything else except turn it on. And you can be inspired sometimes from the outside in until you get that ability to go from the inside out, I think is so important. So thank you for having me. Oh,
0: thank Thank you you so so much, much. Susie. I really appreciate your time and hope that we can get a chance to talk again, too. I hope you were able to pull some nuggets of wisdom from this episode. It's always lovely to talk to Susie. Um, She is just such a wealth of knowledge, and I encourage everyone to please read her book, The Motherhood Evolution and to check out her free resources that she has online at suzylula.com. I'll link everything in the show notes that you can find her there. And if you did find this episode helpful, I would love it if you would leave a review wherever you are listening and share this episode with a friend because that helps other people find me. After all, we are in this together. Take care, everyone.